0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on um, positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. My name is Chris Sutton, and the reason I'm excited is because I'm once again joined in our lead studio by Nicky Nacky New, Nicaragua, <laughs> Nick Nack. Um, you make oh no, hang on, one put Nick Nick? You make me sick. And my favourite, knick-knack, give a dog a bone. Right, good. Good. It's Nicola Stewart. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for coming on again. Um, Most regular guests that I have, because you're one of my favourite people to talk to about this kind of stuff. You're not an expert, you don't know a lot, but (laughs) your viewpoint is very different from mine. I don't
1: know why I do this, because all you do is insult
0: me. It's one of the most fun things to do. So... I got a message from Nicola this morning saying, this is my commitment to you, I've just run for a bus in heels, leopard print, snake print, snake print, print. Um, (laughs) at 6.39 in the morning, so a genuine thank you, I know I ridicule you sometimes, but I do appreciate it, Um, so have you got anything that you want to get off your chest, anything exciting happening, or... No, you're looking at me as if I've told you something exciting in my previous
1: days, and I can't remember no, well, it is it is only it's not even eight o'clock in the morning yet. um, how's your stress levels? My stress levels today today I was a bit stressed when I was running for the bus this morning. Hmm. right, the bus came early, so when I leave my house, I always check if the bus is due like yeah. what how many minutes I've got to get to the bus stop just because I like to know. Because I freak out if I don't know how many minutes away the
0: bus is. If you've got the My Next Bus.
1: Out. Yeah. Yeah. So when I walked out of my house, I left my house earlier than I usually do as well to get that bus. Because I wanted to be really sure that I got here today to see you, Chris. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm, eye rolls.
1: Yeah. Um, And then it said it was three minutes away. And I was like, I've left earlier than usual. Why is the bus turning up early?
0: Give you a chance to cool down, though, because it's quite warm. Yeah, well, yeah, I legged it for the
1: bus. As I come round the corner, it was parked up, and I ran and the bus driver waited for me.
0: I know, I was like, I got on, I was like... (gasps) Well, you're here, and you've cooled down. We're in a nice, calm environment. You've got your Colby's latte. I have. I've got my Colby's cappuccino, thank you, you paid. Um, (laughs) Um... so today what I wanted to talk about was something that's quite dear to my heart, something I'm quite good at, which is which is catastrophizing. Yeah. Now, going through my um repertoire, if that's the word, of um psychotherapists <laughs> and counsellors that I've worked my way through over the years. Um, I'd never heard of this before. I'd never heard of it before I started going to see a counsellor and oh, then God. heard it subsequently from everyone. Um And it almost, it kind of does what it says on the tin in terms of what it is, but for any listeners that don't know what it is, um, it's essentially looking at a situation, um, as being considerably worse than it, than it actually is. Yeah. So you're, um, I, I like to think of it and I've been told by therapists that you're essentially predicting the future. You know, it's not reality. You're predicting the future, um, and assuming and make something negative about it um and I think that personally I do that quite a lot um so I have got a couple of examples but I really wanted to just get your thoughts on it because I think you have a bit of a different view of the world a lot of the time <laughs> um I mean different from that different from, that different neg- from you I hope so yeah different from most
1: yeah <laughs> do you want right so this morning when I said to you Oh, Chris, I forgot what we were talking about today. This is when I was on the bus that I'd run for. Mm-hmm. Just remind me again what we'd said. And then you text me, Mark, first of all, I can't even say the word, so I'm not going to try. Second of all, I had to Google it because I thought, I'm pretty sure I know what that means. <laughs> 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 but I just want to be on the safe side. And I, and I, you know, I was right enough. So I was there. I've changed massively. I used to.
0: Oh, this is
1: so difficult, talking about a subject when I
0: can't say the word. Right, can you say cat? Cat. <laughs> <laughs> can you say ass? Ass. <laughs> can you say trophies? Trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Break it down into a cat's ass. Cat, oh. yeah.
1: okay. <laughs> no, oh my God, cat's ass <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear.
0: I knew, that, I knew this was going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to work. Oh, right.
1: So I used to... Um, can, can I just... Just say I mean,
0: look negatively at things. I
1: used to look quite negatively at things. I used to be a warrior. I'd be in a situation and I'd think, oh, my God, this is, like, really bad. Always thinking about the worst-case scenario. And I don't know what happened to me, but I got to a point in my life where I just I just stopped doing that. I don't know if it was a case of I moved away from home when I moved to Leeds Um, I almost think it was leaving when you think the worst thing is going to happen I think that is based on something that has previously happened that is similar and you think it's going to be like this again or it's going to be worse than this right
0: you should be a therapist this is what people say
1: is it yeah I I only googled it I didn't even click on anything I just got the definition up at the top of google You, you are smart aren't you I've not researched this yeah so, I think when I moved away from my hometown, mm-hmm. I, I almost, like, left a lot of bad memories behind. Not that I had loads of terrible memories of it, you know. Proud, proud was a girl.
0: Yeah. But... I know you've told me a lot. You of move
1: things. on to, like, a, a new part of your life and you leave those negative experiences behind So and start a bit of a fresh. And I think that was the turning point for me. And now, I'm a bit... Like, every now and then, I get stressed about stuff and I overthink stuff and I think, this is really bad but so rarely and like particularly in work now I managed to keep my cool quite a bit. Yeah. Um
0: I find that what's the thing the first thing that struck me then, what what you just said then is um a few weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago I interviewed uh, Lucille. Lucille um Paisson Alan or is it Alan Payson I always get it the wrong way round. Anyway, that really nice French lady. Um and I was asking her if she had, um, if she'd always had a positive attitude, or if it was something she'd like cultivated, and yeah. it was something she'd she'd worked on, and she pinpointed it to like a specific time, and and used the word. Her words were something along the lines of, oh, "Well, that, that's kind of when I grew up,"
1: yeah. and it
0: really. But you and you just said something really similar, yeah. there, and I'm still thinking, I wonder when that will happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've been through, because I've been, I'm like Peter Pan, the, um, a mental Peter Pan. Um, so when I, when I've left places, when I've moved on, I've quite often left the people behind and almost like blamed that, oh yeah, that's because of that place and that's because of that yeah. time, and not taken any kind of ownership of it. But you've actually, what you're saying there is you've you've been able to identify some negative. Aspects of your life and leave those behind and not bring them with you whereas i I think I've always taken that um, brown tinted glasses <laughs> as opposed to rose tinted glasses like with me everywhere um, so the catastrophizing has always has never you know it's always I've struggled for that to go away so can I, I give you an example
1: yeah c- but first of all, can I borrow any of your tissues I've got a terrible cold yeah.
0: Thanks. Um, I'm always prepared. <laughs> not case. borrow
1: one of them. I mean, like a clean yeah, one, not
0: I, one that you've used. I do not want it back. <laughs> so um, so one of the examples, I, like we haven't spoken for a few weeks now in terms of on the podcast. Um, yeah. So quite a few things have happened. And I often make notes of things around, you know, anecdotes or things that I think actually that's quite a good example. So I um, took my two kids, um, so it's just me and my two kids, to Chester Zoo. Yeah, um, and it was I was staying in Chester so it wasn't a very far it wasn't like a long way it wasn't going a long way um, but I was it, that's supposed to be a fun experience mm-hmm. isn't it it's supposed to be something mm-hmm. that you are looking forward to and that uh, the whole day you know I know things will go wrong but overall you're just like it's going to be a great day and then you go and you have your great day for me from the even the night before i was thinking oh, i bet the kids don't sleep well or well, most of point, what if the kids don't sleep well then they're going to be grumpy one of the things that terrified me was the bus journey i, I was, had to go on the bus so i was like i've got a 18 uh, month old and a, and a four year old like what if they kick off what if they are embarrassing what if they what if my son fills his nappy and like yeah. you know, all of those kind of things, and I had not i didn't got to the zoo yet. And I'm like trying to, yeah, we're gonna go and have a fun day, kids. But in my mind, it was like being overridden by what if this happens, what if that happens. Um, and then even when we got to the zoo, like the relief was, like I could feel the relief, kind of. But at the same time, I was thinking all the way around. I was thinking, I've got to do a bus journey back again. Yeah. So it it really tainted the experience. And we had a great day. We had a really lovely time. Um, except for the giraffes weren't there. And they didn't tell what? us. Yeah, that was out of order.
1: Where, where, where are the <laughs> I giraffes? I
0: don't know. I don't know. But they, they didn't They didn't tell us. So we walked all the way to the giraffe bit. And Isla was really excited. Uh, no giraffes.
1: What? Where did they put them though? I don't know. Cause Madagascar. You somewhere high. Madagascar in <laughs> a in
0: box. Yeah, that's right. Somewhere with a tall ceiling, I'd imagine. Um, but... So anyway, so th- so those things... <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of something really Come on, funny. tell me your giraffe still alive.
1: No, it's not about a giraffe, it's about Chester Zoo. Mm. <laughs> Went to Chester Zoo with our family, and then like our family friends and their kids when I was little. I must have only been about seven or eight. I don't, I don't even know if this is an appropriate story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Even better, even better. <laughs> and uh, my brothers were... Our family friends I had a daughter the same age as me, and then a son the same similar age to my brothers and um, so they were like sort of 12 13 at the time and I was saying my mum's taking loads of pictures as we were walking around with us like stood in front of all the animal enclosures and um, I got to the monkeys and I don't know what sort of monkeys they were and I'm stood in front of this thing and I'm going, "Mom, take a picture, take a picture. And my brothers are stood at the other side, like looking at me, just laughing their heads off. And we go, i welcome with the monkeys, take a picture. And this monkey was playing with himself behind <laughs> me. And I didn't understand. I was obviously too young to know what was going on. And everyone's oh, just crying laughing. Dear. So there's a picture somewhere in my mum's loft. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: with a cheesy ring in front of this monkey actually glass. I've seen you I've seen pictures of you as you were quite a hairy child maybe he was quite a... that was a joke it was a joke you're, you're not a hairy sorry person. that was my no, no, inappropriate that's Chester great. Zoo story I mean, I'm, glad you memory. I'm glad you hadn't told me that before because I'd have been what if the monkeys start playing with themselves in front of my children this is another catastrophizing moment because the thing is, it takes it down... It takes you down a path is the problem. You know, in really... In all seriousness, the, you know, at the serious kind of end of things, catastrophizing ends where, with people thinking, this is so bad and so painful and so hard that I just don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to bring this right down, but... Because um, I like us talking positively about, about things. But that's the truth of it. And when I, when, I suffer, when I was really kind of at the peak of depression that's where I got to where I was thinking do you know what I'd actually rather not be here because literally on a day-to-day basis I'm coming the most straightforward things that I would think for other people are taking me to the point of thinking oh my god this is so exhausting all I can think of all the time is things taking me to that point of exhaustion where I just think it would just be easier to check out man like I just don't want to be
1: here yeah
0: so but but at least we we can we've always got the the masturbating monkeys
1: masturbating <laughs> monkeys are sorry. To,
0: to fall back on it'll always bring you back so um so stuff like at work as well, just to give people another kind of flavor of it. What if there's stuff in my inbox that that I can't deal with? yeah that's a classic for me um what if I'm asked a question I can't answer? what if someone shouts at me? what if someone you know
1: yeah that about being asked a
0: question that you can't answer that. That panics me, actually. Um, can you say catastrophizing?
1: <laughs> catastrophizing. Perfect. That
0: was perfect. You did sound like you were from London.
1: No, that, that was my American accent. Oh, that I can only say it if it's in an American
0: accent. Actually, it, I, I like the... I was watching Super Nanny or something once. Like I love the way Americans talk about things. <coughs> and um, you know how like you'd have the naughty step here or the naughty corner or something? Yeah. I was watching it and this guy said... I think you need a timeout, young man. Go and spend some time in the contemplation corner. <laughs> I like, the contemplation corner? He's three. Come on. My nephew
1: said to me when he was a similar age, when he was about three, he'd done something. Can't remember what he'd done. And he said to me, Auntie Nicola... Do I need to go and sit on the positive thinking step?
0: Wow, i know. <laughs> the positive thinking <laughs> that step. Is just, I mean,
1: I off <laughs> not like There are that. some
0: things you can relate with with children. You know, you know, like gratitude and how people talk about if you, you make sure you spend some time, even each day, thinking about things that you're grateful for yeah. in your life. Well, you know, um, both my, my ex and me, when when we put in, we're putting our four year old to bed, we have. <laughs> Um, She has luckies, what's called luckies. And we get her to do three luckies every night. So she says three things she feels lucky about. So it is like, so she's thinking about positive things just before she goes to bed. That's
1: really, that's really good.
0: Really hard to keep it together the other day. (laughs) She just went daddy, daddy and daddy. (laughs) When I asked her three lucky things for the day. That's cute. Oh my God, I'm welling up now. Did you make that up? Go and find a monkey. To play with. <laughs> um, so then, um, even going out with friends, I put, "What if it takes me ages to get served at the bar?" You know, I've got, I've always had a real thing about that. Racky. And then people are going, jeez oh, where's my thing? I can't he even do that?" Blah blah blah. Uh, what if I make a fool of myself? That's my biggest one. Yeah. And then what if people find out I'm a fraud? Might be repetition. Might have said this on a podcast before, but you know, there's this thing called imposter, imposter syndrome where people kind of. Where you think everyone's going to find out that actually I haven't got everything together, like your auntie. That's not really your auntie. Yeah. Where she really has got everything together. Um, I apologise for that. You've got to have listened to all the <laughs> podcasts to understand that joke. Um, so there is a common theme there. I've kind of done it on purpose, and I don't think you'll have picked it up because I've been a bit unfair in it. But all of those things and those examples have started with the words "what if," and there is a thing called there is a. What I'd like to get to is basically, as I always say on this podcast, how can we get to a point where we can say to people that they can do something about it? Now, I've got some experience, so I can talk about myself and a little bit of knowledge or a you know, shocking memory of things that I've been advised. You're coming at it quite fresh, which is which I like. Um, so you might have some ideas um, that, that I might not have thought of, or you can tell me another um, masturbating animal story <laughs> <laughs> either way it'll be fun so there's this what if so what thing do you want to speak yeah I do go on
1: because right when you said that just then about what if I take ages to get served at the bar I very nearly interrupted you and said yeah well what if it takes you ages to get served at the bar like what's exactly and what
0: yeah okay I'm, I'm what basically
1: if... I'm basically a counsellor without even knowing it yeah you didn't
0: yeah, yeah but it is a gift that you have. I've noticed this. This is why I keep inviting you back. You know, don't think I like you. <laughs> well, it's just because I, I buy you coffee. Yeah. No, that's to it. be fair, this is the first time I've done that. Yeah. Well, no, but I appreciate it. It's nice, nice gesture. It tastes better. Free coffee tastes better. Yeah, apparently. That's, that's true. Um, so you said and what didn't you? Yeah. Uh, but and what? So what? Whatever. Um. So that so the whole basis around it is that's where you try and get to. So you can do this thing um there is a there is a sheet that i've filled in during during cognitive behavioral therapy cbt loads of people out there listening to this will have done cbt and may have done this exercise but basically you write down the problem so you write down getting to the zoo
1: on the bus
0: you write it down on um on the sheet and then you go on the left-hand side, you put well. What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And you literally go down, literally the worst that could be. A, could be a car crash, and we all die. You know, but or even le- maybe even less um, dramatic than that. Um, my son fills his nappy, and uh, and then it falls off <laughs> like <laughs> on the bus, and and then my daughter. Because this genuinely was a worry of mine. We sat on one of those front seats, so that um, so that Alfie Alfie was in his push chair or buggy, whatever you call it. So we sat at the front where those kind of like seats for old people are, and there's a bar in front of you that is good for to hold your hands onto. Well, that's at Isla's head height. So my thing was, well, if this bus stops really quickly and she's not holding on, she's going to crack her face on that. So and she wanted to stand up on the seat, look out the window, and so then. Alfie wanted to get out of the buggy and so I've got him on my knee, I've got her thinking you know, so you basically could have this right, he's filled his nappy and it's rolling down this there's, there's poo rolling down the, the bus. <laughs> Ina smashed her face on the um you know, on the on this bar and there's pandemonium and I can't handle it and I freak out. Yeah?
1: yeah, that's
0: the worst case scenario. Yeah, Best case scenario, we meet a really nice person on the bus and they play with the kids all the way there.
1: Oh, I love it when strangers on the bus do that. Because kids aren't interested in the parents on the oh, bus. They absolutely. do not want to speak to their parents. But if a stranger, the minute a stranger speaks to
0: him, they're like, in the yeah. element. I love it when kind strangers speak to them on the bus. So it's so <laughs> a good example. Um, so that's the best thing, you know, because then the bus journey goes really quickly. Yeah. We get there, we get off the bus, someone helps you off the bus with the buggy. That's the best case scenario. And the thing, the thing, thing about it is, nine times out of ten, it'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, and the idea around like the CBT element of it is that you, or this is my understanding of it, is that you you do end up in that middle ground most of the time. So the more, and the more you do the exercise, the more you do, you know, the more you actually write it down with different examples and go down each of those channels, the more you realise it's going to be somewhere in the middle so then if you can then acknowledge and recognize when it's actually happening when you're catastrophizing you can almost go straight you know go straight to um, go straight to thinking it's going to be somewhere in the middle yeah and that that so that's almost like putting a pin in a balloon to deflate it a bit you go, okay actually the pressure's relieved because i know it that's probably not going to happen. It's going to be, so coming back to work after being off for two weeks, nightmare. That is a hellish situation for me. I'm thinking everything could have changed, (laughs) you know, just, just any single little thing. I might've forgotten my password. I'm going to sit there not being able to do anything. Someone's going to come up to me and be talking about stuff that's happened in the last two weeks that I don't know about. So I'm out of the loop. My inbox is overflowing, you know, and uh, how am I going to catch up and all of those things. But really what I need to be thinking or what you can be thinking is you're going to be OK. You're not going to die because of it. Um, and it's not even that drastic. You're not even going to be in trouble or be under that much pressure. You just have to work through it and, you know, you'll get you'll yeah. come out the other side. What do you think?
1: I could definitely relate to particular stuff you're talking about with the kids i can definitely relate to that work work as well i get that it's horrible isn't it when you've been off or like i only work a four-day week so i don't work on a friday so i always have to check my emails on sunday night because i think i don't know what's happened on friday while i've been off and what if something terrible's happened and i don't know about it and then i go into work on monday morning and i'm a bit like it's risk- i feel a bit stupid because i don't know what's going on and like i don't it's interesting, actually, now that we're talking about it, I think I do catastrophize. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But more than I uh, realise. But I don't think it has the same impact on my life as what it used to. Whereas before, I'd be, like, sick with worry all the time and feel really anxious about things. Now I can kind of think, well, yeah, that's the worst that can happen. I could. Something terrible could be in my inbox when I get in on Monday morning. But... If, and just know that if I check my inbox on Sunday night I don't start working, I don't answer any emails I just have to have that little check and I shouldn't have to do that but that's like a sort of coping mechanism mechanism for it
0: perfect because there's two things you said there <coughs> which, have, which have provoked something in my brain the first thing just to go back to what you were saying previously you said and what, you know, so what so that is the that is the thing to have in your head. So, if it is going to the bar and worrying about not being served, so, so what? What's going to happen? You go back to the table, and if, you, if your friends go, That took a bloody long time, not going to be mates with you anymore, <laughs> then it's probably not that strong a friendship, is it? Yeah, that's right. Um, and most people are going to understand, All oh, right, that's a bit of a nightmare, you know, that you had to do that. So, that's just an example. Um, if my son had started crying on the bus, you know, and was well, okay, you might get some looks from people, but you know your relationship with your son. You know your, yeah. that it's that's, you know it's out of character or it's because of the situation or but you know and that and it and you get through it. The other thing is potentially it makes you stronger for next time because, like you said you get these catastrophizing thoughts potentially based on previous experiences and the worry that it may happen again or escalate to being something worse. Um, so similarly, if you can build up a tolerance of it, of like, well, okay, I was catastrophizing about that, but so I thought, so what? And actually it wasn't that bad. And so maybe that brings you down. I know that's the idea, um hasn't necessarily i think it's something you have to for me i have to continually work at it because i did this like that first cbt four or five years ago when i'm i'm now not probably not much better than i was when i yeah. started if i'm honest um and the other thing i wanted to say that you just picked up on there was what i call future proofing and i don't know if that's an expression or not um if it if it is i haven't stolen it it's something that i've did but I, I tend... I spend my whole life future-proofing. So I don't like going into any situation that I'm not prepared for. Yeah. So I rock up here with a page of notes in case our conversation dries up like that had happened. You walk in and go... You text me 20 minutes before we're starting and <laughs> say, so what are we talking about? <laughs> like, that's a very different thing, isn't it? But that that goes across my whole world. I future-proof everything. Mm. So... You know even for the Chester Zoo thing I checked the bus route I checked out how long the bus was going to take yeah I'd, yeah you know I, I was kind of um I checked when we got when I got to the zoo I was like you know my four-year-old's little legs are going to struggle walking around the zoo I've got a buggy for my one-year-old but um they do these double buggies at the zoo oh, so yeah. I got I was like don't care it's a 10 or whatever um So, I got one of them and they loved it being in there together, me pushing them around. But, and when we got around the whole zoo because of it, but I'd planned it, I'd had to. Yeah. You know, but that's exhausting. I think the
1: difference there between me and you then is you future-proof and you planned for everything. So, like today, for example, you've come in and you've got your laptop with all your notes on and all the rest of it. Um, If it was Chester Zoo, I'd have probably done the same thing as you did I'd check the bus route, I'd know the bus times I'd know how much it was to get in yeah. I'd I'd kn- I'd have a map in my head if the parks would have looked at it um, and I think the difference there is in unfamiliar situations I'm very much like you okay. if I don't know what to expect but we've done this so many times now that I'm fine with it and I don't have to plan and I don't have to worry about it whereas you still do that, that bit and I think that's the difference in unfamiliar situations yeah I do it but I think once you get yeah. used to things
0: I I think there's there's some truth in <coughs> there's some truth in that in as well in terms of I feel I don't think I'll ever go into doing um doing a podcast without having done the prep as being like the host I don't think I'll ever not yeah. do that so I do think there's a dif- there's a difference there because I do think there needs to be a level. Oh, I want I want there to be a level of structure so that we always have a kind of right. Well, this is the this is the issue, but then what? But I want to make sure we always talk about what are some things you can do about it. Whereas yeah. me and you might just ramble on about anything. So, yeah. so I like to have. So I I do definitely like to have that that structure. Um, but the flip side, or the, the the bit I definitely agree with you about there is that the first. Two or three of these that we did, you know, I I struggled to sleep the night before because I because you were ner- so
1: excited to talk to me.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, no, because I was because ner- I was nervous about it, not about talking to you, but I was nervous about getting it wrong, you should be. doing something. <laughs> yeah, I probably should be. Um, but but it's that exposure therapy thing. Yeah, the more yeah. you do something. So if I went to Chester Zoo ten times. In fact, right. So I've come to. Um, you probably don't don't want to admit this, but I've come to your house now on a couple of occasions. You invited me because that. of the kids. Because all right, I broke into <laughs> Nickle's house. He um, hid behind the sofa when I seen me knocking. But you had like um, we had our kids had a couple of play had a play day, and yeah, then your yeah. son's second birth you, um, second birthday. You, um, you invited um, my kids to. So, the first time that I came over was really stressful. Again, the journey, because I was like, okay, I've got to drive across, like through Bradford city center, basically, (laughs) with two kids awake in the back of the car. And literally the end of my street, my four year old went, daddy, this is really boring. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, this this is gonna take us nearly an hour to get there. This is gonna be, you know, this (laughs) this could not be fun, you know, and so I was dreading that kind of journey. When I came to bring the kids to your little one's birthday, no problem, because yeah. I'd done it. Yeah, I knew yeah. where I was going. I knew, you know, I, I had the sat nav anyway. But I kind of, I knew that I, I kind of knew the route, so I wasn't having to worry about it as much. So I was able to put some music on and have a sing with the with the kids. What, one did of my you, favorite what did you things. sing? Um, you, oh, you'd hate it, Coldplay. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going
1: to say like you had the Moana soundtrack on or Frozen. No, and it not, was Coldplay.
0: No, I've not. I've not done that with my kids. I've I've tried to get them into music that that I like. Um, so they they listen to you know they watch things on TV all the time and that. But in the car, I'm not listening to nursery rhymes in the car. <laughs> no, no, I'm just not up for that. Um, so so with the exposure therapy thing is another way of looking at it it's another it's another thing you so if you notice that you're repeatedly or on regular you're regularly being worried about the same thing it might be a different situation but it's the same thing you know I suppose one of the tips is to you have to do it you, you know yeah. put yourself in that position so that you can go oh okay I did it I actually could do it um that does work for me as we've just said, so what do you what do you think about that? Um,
1: now that we've talked about that a bit more, I feel like we, or I at least, have really contradicted what I said when we started. Because when we started, I was talking about you know um, having prior bad experiences, and they form what you then do in the future. So you go into things thinking this has happened and it was really bad in the past and it might happen again. Mm. But then at the same time, I'm saying actually, when something's familiar um and you've done it loads of times and you know it's going to be fine you you're more comfortable going into situations so I suppose that contradicts a little bit yeah i
0: know it, i know i know it, i know what you're saying um i do think that it's it's a bit it's a bit of both isn't it i tend to think that where i agree with what your original point was is that it's a feeling i think it's a feeling from your past i think it's yeah. a feeling i think it's a feeling you've had previously so I remember very clearly doing my, um, uh, like GCSE and A-level exams. You and that were definitely not called GCSEs when you did Just, just. Um you know,
1: Chris did O-levels. My brother was the
0: first year who did GCSEs and he's four years older than me, so uh, I think he was the first year. Um, anyway, appreciate the dinosaur comment. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um. But you, probably, you weren't even born when I did my GCSEs, probably. Um, when did you do your GCSEs? I did my GCSEs in 1992. Oh, no, yeah, before I was born. Yeah, so there we go. Um, <laughs>
1: Swiftly moving on. Yeah.
0: Um, so, and I remember that feeling of going into an exam, of being intense dread. And I remember thinking, I want to stop doing exams as soon as I can in life. You know, and as soon as I graduated from university, I was like, I'm not doing, I'm just not doing exams anymore. Yeah. Because the feel, the intense displeasure I get from it is just, it's almost too much for me to bear. Yeah. But I get that sensation through other things. So, it's, so there's a feeling of, I don't want to have that feeling. So, you know, maybe it'll stop you going for a job interview or maybe it'll stop, you know, stop applying for something. Because I'm not going to be able to do it or I'm not going to be able to cope or I'm, you know, so you avoid things and i am building up to something here but you've set it up really nicely with what you just said and what you said at the beginning if you don't overcome these things this is like a warning i'm putting out there now you're going to have regrets you know if you don't if you don't do things you know how you hear people when they're older and they say oh if i if i only knew then what i know now yeah well even at your, what are you like, seventeen, eighteen? Like, <laughs> no, how old are you? Twenty-four. Twenty-four, right? Um, do you not think that even now, about a few years ago? Yes. Because I, because I'm, I'm forty-one, and I massively think.
1: Although what I think is, if I'd have known, if I'd have known then what I know now, I probably
0: wouldn't have done those things. But that's <laughs> not. I probably would have told uh, those. Things. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does work both ways. <coughs> it does work both ways because there are definitely things that I look back and think oh, I really should have taken that opportunity. I really should have done that. I really should have. You know, I really wish I'd done that. Um, and particularly much older people who are coming towards the end of their life. You know, yeah, they, you know, yeah. generally will look back and go. Wow, you know, I spent so much time doing this thing, like work, maybe that that just I had no passion about. Yeah. Or, and luckily, I'm not in that position, but like about work, but a lot of people are, and there are, and this is where we've talked previously about people about having options, mm. about to try to do things that you want to do. So if you have a passion, you know, go and do it. And I've got this, I've got this great story that I want to um, finish on because uh, our time is nearly up, but. A friend of mine, my, um, one of my best friends, his nan is like 106 years old, she's just, she's still going, amazing, amazing woman, and um, when she turned 100, um, the local paper wanted to interview her, and, but my, my mate asked the questions to make it a lot, like, right. easier for her, and he said to her, nan, you've, you've made it to 100 you, know, you must be really proud. We're all really proud of you and, and everything. You know, have you got any regrets? And this is one of my favourite lines anyone's ever said ever. She says, I wish I'd been on deal or no deal. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I want that life. You know, I want that. Looking That's back. Your only regret. Because <laughs> I think Noel would take her on. I think he'd have her on if we asked. Yeah. Um, if that is your only regret, if that's your biggest regret that's in life, so funny. You've done well, haven't you? And Aww. so you know, Aww. shout out to—I want no, let's say Mabel. No idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go for Ivy.
0: Oh, Ivy! They're all coming back, aren't they? Mabel, yeah, Ivy. Yeah. My kids go to school with Mabel and Ivy, actually. Oh really? Um, but yeah. So I suppose what we're saying is, catastrophizing is. Something if it's something that you do, and you're listening out there, and it's something that you do, then there is something you can do about it. But it it is yes, it is something you can look at negatively and catastrophise. Catastrophise. I did want you to say it one more time. (laughs) Catastrophise. But if you um, but think try and think of it as an opportunity, you know. But I think the number one thing that people need to do to try and overcome. Catastrophizing is to recognize when it's happening, to recognize yeah. when they're thinking about um, these these things, because if you can't recognize it, you can't do anything about it. And that's genuinely speaking from personal experience. It took me a long time to realize I was even doing it. So have a think when you're if you're feeling down, just stop and think. Why am I feeling down? Why am I feeling stressed? Is it a certain is it an upcoming event that it's, I can't get out of my head? What is it? And then think it through. Is that going to happen? Is it going to be as bad as I think it's going to be? Or actually, could I look at it in a different way? Um, and the other, because that stuff that's happening in the future isn't reality, it's in your head. Mm. until it actually gets to that moment that you're living yeah. in, it. it's not real. Wow. Deep. Well done, Chris. Thanks. What did you, th- what did you think of that? Good, good subject. You think we finished? I haven't finished. Oh, I thought you. you
1: turned it off then. <laughs> I was going to say, what a load of crap. No, I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I'm
1: going to go home and practice um saying catastrophize. Catastrophize. Anyway. Uh, Next time can we do a topic that I can pronounce? Yeah,
0: well, if you could be bothered to do any prep and like think about what you might want to talk about, then maybe we could have a subject you can say.
1: Hey, this is your podcast. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, Thanks let's for listening wrap it up. Guys. <laughs> yes. let's let's wrap it up. Uh I'm off to- <laughs> I'm going to go and worry unnecessarily about being trampled by a hurl of elephants or something. But thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me again, Nick. Thank you out there for listening. Please follow me on Twitter at, this is new, at capital M for mental, mental comms, C-O-M-V-S. And you can listen to all the back podcasts on there. And uh, we'll be winging our way to you again soon with another episode. So let's get out of here. (laughs) See you, partner.